This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm your host, Tyler Hurley, here with Robbie Lashua. What's up, guys? Good to be back for another week yes. of Christ, culture, and coffee. Yes, and today we are continuing in our series on counterfeit Jesus, and this week mm-hmm. we are specifically focusing in on Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Witnesses, another cult. Witness is, Yep, we've correct. talked about Mormonism as a cult, talked mm-hmm. about atheist agnosticism, which is uh, more of a worldview, I guess. Yeah. But now we're back to the cults. It's true. It's yeah. true, it's here. Yes, Jehovah's Witness is a cult, and so, I mean, for many, many reasons, but we are going to be specifically focusing in on their definition of who Jesus is, and then we're going to be counter-arguing against that based on Scripture. We are. But before yes. we do that, we always want to do a coffee tip on our show. That's and right. And so the coffee tip of, today, of the day, I got tongue twisted there, the coffee <laughs> tip for today is this. You need a new coffee mug. It's true. And listen, a lot of people don't think they do. They think, I've got too many coffee mugs. Mm. I don't know. Oh, no, 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 no. You need a new one because we have brand new Christ Culture and Coffee coffee mugs that are amazing and they're stoneware and they've got a medallion emblazoned on them and they're beautiful. But here's how you can get one and actually how you can go and see a picture of what they look like. Correct. We, big announcement, Tyler and I, Christ Culture and Coffee is now on Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. Woohoo. People have been asking yeah, this for years. Like, <laughs> we want to support you. We want to help you out. Let us buy a t shirt. Let us do something. And we've always said, well, we don't need any help. But now we've decided to accept help. We love help. It's I need great, help, yeah. Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> My mom's been saying that for years. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please, yes. If you have the if you're the if you're in the position where you can support the podcast, please yep. go on Patreon and support us, and you'll get something out of it too. You will. There's actually four tiers on yes. there. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's like an online uh, giving type of thing for creators. So yeah, you go on, right. you sign up to become a monthly uh, contributor, and and that's what it is. We have four different tiers though. For the first tier, you get stickers. For the yes. second tier, you get stickers and a secret episode. For the third tier, you get stickers, a secret episode, and a Christ Culture and Coffee t-shirt. And for the fourth tier, the highest tier, Mm -hmm. you get a sticker, you get a secret episode, you get a Christ Culture and Coffee t-shirt, and you get the new Christ Culture and Coffee mugs. Yes, and which the, you're these gonna mugs, want. these mugs are awesome. Like they they look absolutely beautiful compared yep. to uh, like it's just a huge upgrade from our last design. We love them. We're in love with it. They're beautiful. So yes, we we definitely want to be giving those out to you guys. So please join us on Patreon. Make sure you support us if you're in a position to do that. We would really appreciate it. We would. It helps us buy more equipment. It helps mm-hmm. us promote more so we can reach more people with apologetics and theology. So thank you in advance for doing that, but please go ahead and sign up. There will be a link in the show notes. There'll be a link on all of our stuff going forward, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, everything. You'll be able to get a link to it. But if you want to type it in the old-fashioned way, it's patreon.com. Backward slash. Is that backward slash or forward slash? Forward slash. Yeah, I can never remember which way it is. Forward slash Christ Culture Coffee. Patreon.com slash forward slash Christ Culture Coffee. Yes. So that's where you can see the picture of the mugs and you can sign up to become a Patreon. Thank you so much in advance for supporting our podcast and helping us reach more people with apologetics so that they can defend their faith and be confident in their faith because that's what we're all about here. That is right. And now... Getting on to the content for today, uh, the 
main focus that we're going to start off with is who is Jesus according to Jehovah's Witnesses? Yeah, what's the counterfeit, right? What do they say yeah, he is? Yeah, what's the who, counterfeit? Who, who is Jesus according to the JWs? Exactly. And now, the first point, simply put, he's not God. <gasps> I know, shocking, Whoa, right? Yes, right, we're kind of seeing a trend of that without, like, with all these counterfeit Jesus yeah. episodes we've been doing. Uh, so Jesus is not God, according to Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, here, I'm going to read a passage here. This is uh, from Isaiah. Yeah. From, uh, here we go. I'm going to read this right here. It says, The true scriptures speak of God's Son as the Word, as a God. He is a mighty God, but not the Almighty God, who is Jehovah, as according to Isaiah 9, 6. And yep. that's from The Truth Shall Make You Free, Yep, page 47. So he's a, yes. a mighty God, but exactly. he's not Almighty God. He's yes, a lesser correct. powerful being. Correct. Yep. And so he's not God in the biblical sense, but the first and only direct creation of Jehovah. That's what yes. they believe. That's a big deal, too, that he's the first creation of Jehovah. It is, yes. So he is the first creation of Jehovah. That's what uh, Jehovah's Witnesses believe. So through Jesus, Jehovah created the rest of the universe. That's what they believe. So that's kind of their counter argument, uh, which a lot of times people, Christians, bring up to Jehovah's Witnesses. What, what do you say about John 1, yeah. right? And that's kind of their counter argument. They say, well, he was created, but then he was a part of creation after he was created. After he was created. Yeah. So yeah. he helped in creation after he was created, which is not biblical, but that's kind of their counter argument. That's the, the idea that they drive from that. Yep. So point number one, Jesus is not God. Yes. According to Jehovah's Witness theology. Correct. And so point number two, Jesus is or was the angel Michael. Michael and a lot of people don't know this one. Yeah, this one's a little obscure because yeah. I don't know if they like to tell people this right off the bat because it's kind of uh, kind of one of those sketchy beliefs that doesn't really. I don't think there's a good foundation for this, mm. but um, but it says uh, we got this again from the truth shall make you free. Uh, being the only begotten Son of God, the Word would be a prince among all other creatures. In this office, he bore another name in heaven, which name is Michael. Other names were given to the Son in course of time. Now, that's what Jehovah's Witnesses believe, mm -hmm. again, about, about it. They believe that he was given the name Michael, that he is Michael the Archangel. Yes. Very, yep. very counter to Scripture, what it teaches about the true Jesus. And so it's kind of interesting when you see that they have this... Uh, first off, not only is... Again, point number one, not God. Number two, they believe that he was Michael the yeah. archangel, which is, again, a completely different person. Yeah, it's yeah. a counterfeit Jesus according to Scripture and according to Christian yeah. doctrine. Um, another point about what they believe Jesus came to do in his death. First of all, um, they don't believe he died on a cross. They believe That's he right. died on a stake. Um, so it was just like one stick sticking out of the ground. Um, but they believe he was sent by Jehovah because Jehovah loved us so much and that Jesus was the ransom for humanity. So mm. we were enslaved to sin. Uh, because of Adam and what Adam did. And so in order to be set free from that, to be released from the inherited sin nature we have, we needed a ransom. Right. And Jesus was the ransom paid by Jehovah for humanity. Mm. They also, do, uh, so that's kind of their idea of the atonement. Um, the resurrection of Jesus is, is interesting according to Jehovah's Witness theology too. So they believe that he rose from the grave, but they don't believe he rose bodily. 
It's interesting. It yeah. is. So let me read you this. This is from uh, Let God Be True, Jehovah's Witness <laughs> book. It says, This firstborn from the dead was raised from the grave, not a human creature, but a spirit. Mm. All right? So um, he, he rose as a spirit, but not bodily resurrection. They believe that at his death, the body of Jesus was annihilated and it decomposed into gases after three days. And that was the ransom that had to be paid. It's not like you're taking back of a ransom. That was the ransom that gets paid. Like I said before, he was tortured on a stake, not a cross. Um, They believe that the cross is a pagan symbol. And um, Mm. Jesus, interestingly enough, didn't become Christ until after his baptism according to Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. As the Christ, the Messiah, right, he died as a ransom in order to save the human race. So these are kind of big yeah. ideas of Jesus, and there's a lot of littler beliefs that they have. But we really wanted to point out two arguments yes. against this counterfeit Jesus, which will help you when Jehovah's Witnesses come knocking at your door. That's, did you like that sound effect? Yeah, I did, I did. I bet you people who are listening like really thought, wait a second. Like, what's gonna... Yeah, did they add sound effects to their podcast? No, I just knocked no, on the table. No, If you're watching the video, there it is. You can knock the... too. This no, is good. I think there's actually Jehovah's Witness over there. <laughs> I wish. That would be yeah, awesome. No. <laughs> we should have some on sometime. That would be yeah, a, yeah. a great conversation to have. So, yeah. So, so the first argument that we want to make against the Jehovah's Witness idea of Jesus is that Jesus is not a created being. That's what that's what we want to focus on. Yep. Jesus was not created. And they can and and yeah. one thing that's interesting is, okay, so Jehovah's Witnesses do believe that the Bible is authoritative. That's right. Yeah, they have their own translation is what they would call it of yep. scripture, uh, which is the New World Translation and mm-hmm. it's very like they've changed so much of it. It's not yes. yeah, there's no Bible scholar out there that set that agrees and says, yes, this is scripture. Like yeah, it's, it's they've translated it incorrectly at, yeah. at places to push their theology. <clears throat> and they'll argue, oh no, we we go back to the originals and we know what they say. They don't. Um they they intentionally mistranslate certain passages yeah. to make it make it seem like Jehovah's Witness theology is being taught. But one of the things we like to do is use the New World Translation to show them that their theology is wrong. Yes, because that's right. Because it's so... It, it, real Christian doctrine is all throughout Scripture, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they've tried to change certain passages to they fit... Can't, they can't change all of it. That's, that's the key, Tyler. Yeah. They cannot change all of it because there's so much that of truth that's getting taught. So a good tactic to use is... Use their translation to point out why their theology doesn't yes. work. And this is something you should do with uh, anyone who you're speaking to, uh, like whatever the religious background is. Like if you're trying to share scripture with a Mormon, uh, you should read out of the King James Version because that mm-hmm. particularly is the version of the Bible that they consider authoritative. Yep. So in the same case with Jehovah's Witnesses, you should read from their translation. And yep. so, uh, so I'm that's gonna, what we want to do with these. Yeah, is, exactly. It, unlike, uh, like, because last week when we talked about atheism and agnostics, that's right. more of a philosophical argument. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't care about scripture. Yeah, so with this, you have to focus on theology yes. and you have to focus on uh, more spiritual elements. Yep. Yeah, and so we both agree philosophy. that the Bible is authoritative. Yeah. Now we go to the Bible, and I don't agree that their Bible's right because uh, there's lots of issues, but I can show them through the New World Translation why their theology is incorrect. So yes. that's kind of the, the big idea here. When they come to your door, use their translation when you can. Yeah. And so I, I'm going to read this statement uh, from JehovahsWitness.org. It's JW.org. It says, unlike any other human, Jesus lived 
in heaven as a spirit person before he was born on earth. And, uh, and that's uh, in reference to John 8, 23. He was God's first creation, and he helped the creation of all other things. He is the only one created directly by Jehovah and is therefore appropriately called God's only begotten son, according to John 1, 14. Jesus served as God's spokesman, spokesman, so he is also called the Word. Mm-hmm. Now, now, obviously, that statement we we don't agree with that. That's not that's not our take. But what we're doing is we're we're going to show you what's wrong with this argument. Yep. So he's a created being, right? Yeah, that's what they're it's claiming. The first created being. Well, how can we use Tyler? Mm-hmm. How can we use the New World Translation? How can we use scripture to show them that this isn't the case? Yes. So to do that, we have the John 1, 3 argument, right? You mean John 1, 1, right? No, John oh. 1, 3. And the reason why is because what ends up happening with a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses is, is evangelical Christians who talk to them about this, they always go to John 1, 1, yeah. well, which is true because uh, it's a good argument, but yeah. they, they have a counter argument to that. So you're kind of... Uh, you're you're not taking them off guard or surprising them yeah, by trying to prepared for that. Yeah, one. they're actually trained uh, to have a response to John one one because yeah. it's something that gets brought up all the time. Yeah. Now, for our listeners out there who might not might not know, yeah, uh, John one one says, mm-hmm. "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." Correct. Yes. So that's where a lot of Christians say, "Listen, the Word is Jesus," because it says that a little further in the passage, mm-hmm. and it says in John 1, 1, the word was God. Therefore, Jesus is God. Yeah, yeah. And so the, the problem with using this argument, though, is like how we said earlier that Jehovah's Witnesses have the um, New World Translation. They actually, and this is, I think, the prime example of how they change scripture with mm-hmm. this translation. They change the words in John 1, 1 from the word was God to the word was a God. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see how big of a difference it makes just to add the word a yeah. right there? Yeah, yeah, they added the word a to make it that the Jesus was a god, not god. A lesser god. Yeah, even. exactly. Yeah. Smaller they, they god. Got, yep. Yeah, lowercase g, not capital, right? Yep. That's the big deal. And so what you get to do when you mm-hmm. when they bring that up at your door or you bring that up when they're at your door is you get to argue about the indefinite article or the definite yeah. article in Greek, which is something that most people know nothing about. Right. They are yeah. prepared to give you this whole spiel about the Greek because yes. it's a common argument. So we don't want you to do that. No, we don't. Yeah. So w- what you need to do is you can even tell them, say, I'm sure that people have brought up to you John 1, 1 before, but I, I don't want to go there. I want to focus on John 1, 3. And th- yeah. you might take them off guard. They'll be like, what? Yeah, you will take them off guard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll be like, I didn't expect that. So uh, the thing is, you bring them to John 1, 3, and th- this is what it says. I'm going to read it for you. And this is in um, NASB first, which is where I'm going to read it from. Then we'll read it in New World Translation. Uh, John 1, 3 says, all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Uh, now, uh, that's what it says in John 1, 3 in NASB, right? All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come to being. I just yep. want to repeat that again so you guys understand the context that we're getting at yep. here. That's a good translation, the New American Standard. Yes. Yes. Very solid. So now I'm going to read it from the New World Translation. The Jehovah's Witness Translation. Yes, correct. Yes. All things came into existence through him, and apart from him, not even one thing came into existence. This is pretty similar. It's very similar. And yeah. and you know what? The reason we showed you that is to show you 
that they didn't really change the context of this verse. No, it says it's pretty still much there. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big deal. So what you can do is you can say, look, I, w- I don't only want to read you John 1, 3. I want to read you John 1, 3 in the New World Translation mm-hmm. because that's reaching out to them and telling them, hey, I care about you and I want to respect what you believe. And I know that this is what you hold to be authoritative. Mm-hmm. So let's read this together. You're also you're also cutting them off from making the argument that, well, your translation is corrupt and it's not it's right. True. You're, yeah. you're saying, no, I'll use yours and we'll, we'll decide what this means. Well, and you could even do that to like, you could even show them in your Bible too, different, like mm-hmm. compare the two passages and say, I just wanted to show you this too, to say like our we're really not that corrupt, apparently, if we yeah. have these passages. So uh, just similar. another just another point. But R- Robbie has a tactic, actually, to mm-hmm. share that you can continue in using John 1-3, right? Yeah, so this one's interesting. So, okay, according to their, their version of the Bible, their translation, it says, <laughs> all things came into existence through him. Mm-hmm. The him is Jesus. The of him, course, The him yeah. is the word. That's the context. And you, you might need to ask them that, but they'll agree. Yeah, of course, this is talking about Jesus. So all things came into existence through Jesus, and apart from him, not even one thing came into existence. Mm -hmm. So this is what I like to do, and I I got this tactic a long time ago uh, from Greg Kokel, I think. Oh, really? Okay. I think that's where it's from. The tactics guy himself. I learn a lot of things, and then I can't remember where I got them. But I just know this. You know what? Stuff That's a good thing, it, honestly. It, it is, means, but sometimes I feel like I'm stealing stuff and true. I don't know how to give credit. Oh, he, 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 I'm sure Coco would have appreciated either way that this was getting out there. I hope so. We'll, still, we'll yeah. never know. <laughs> Greg, if you're listening, we love you. Yeah. All right. So here's the tactic you use. Um, I, I like to take a, a piece of paper or a napkin or whatever you have when you're talking to Jehovah's Witness. You read this verse with them, and then you draw two squares on a piece of paper, two boxes, mm. so to speak. And on one of the boxes, you label it things that never came into being. Mm -hmm. And then on the other one, you label it things that did come into being. Okay? And now, what you want to ask them is this. According to John 1, 3, what is something, well, well, just in general, what is something that belongs in things that never came into being? What belongs in that box or that category? Yeah, and I think the common Jehovah's Witness would just say God, right? Yeah, Jehovah. Yeah, Yeah, Jehovah. Jehovah never came into being. He is eternal. Yeah, of course. Okay, and then you say, okay, what do we put in the other box? Things that came into being, like what would that be? And they'll say, well, the universe, the world, me, you, whatever, right? But this is what you want to get them to. You say, okay, according to John 1, 3, which of these two boxes does Jesus go in? Does Jesus belong in the category of things that never came into being or things that did come into being? And what they're going to say is, well, we know that he preexisted and he was created by Jehovah as the firstborn of all creation. So therefore, Mm -hmm. he belongs in the things that did come into being box. That's what they would say. That's what they'll say. But you say, no, no, no. I'm not asking you according to the watchtower or according to Jehovah's Witness theology. According to this verse, which category does Jesus fit into? Because look at what it says. All things. It doesn't say some things. It says all things came into existence through Jesus. Yeah. And apart from him, so it like doubles up. Yeah. And apart from him, not even one thing came into existence. Mm. So 
Not even one thing came into existence apart from Jesus. Therefore, Jesus couldn't come into existence because he's a thing. Yeah, exactly. So, so what ends up happening here is Jehovah's Witnesses have to either acknowledge that their scripture is not accurate or like they have to throw out the Bible altogether and say like, yeah, we don't believe in that. Or they have to realize, wait a second, yes. maybe I'm believing in some false theology Something's here. weird here because this is what yeah. my translation of the Bible so, says. So what's going to happen is it, they're going to realize that there's a conflict here. Mm-hmm. It's either scripture's wrong or the watchtower's wrong or like some, something's happening here. Yep. So it's going to freak them out if, they're re- if they realize what's going on. And here's, so, the, here's the tactic yeah. that they're going to do. They're going to say, well, hey, let's turn to Colossians. And you say, no, I don't want to talk about Colossians. Yeah. I want to talk about so, John 1, 3. You mm-hmm. need to give me an answer on John 1, 3. Yeah. Because it's clear from this passage that Jesus could not have created everything that came into being if he, in fact, is something that came into being. Yeah, something something that uh, that my friend once uh, said to me, he was like, like, yeah, w- when you're focusing on a topic in apologetics or in sharing the gospel with someone, don't let them sidetrack the conversation. Like, like fully, fully get it out there. Like, mm-hmm. really squeeze and press into that topic. Yes, like, I was, dude. It's so funny because I was talking with this guy on the phone. Yeah, he reached out to us on Instagram, and he's he grew up as a Christian missionary, and now mm-hmm. he's got some very different. Um, I'd say heretical ideas. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> ideas, and he wanted to share them with me to see if he could come on the show. And as I was talking to him, one one tactic he kept saying is, "I'd bring up something, and he'd say, hmm, that's a very interesting point." And and listen, we got, we, I want to come back to that. But what do you? Well, let's go. Let's. What do you think about this? And we never went back to anything. That's what happens. Don't yeah. let that happen. You can't stick you can't. on the subject. Be tenacious and say no, no, no. John one three. What does John one three say? Because I think it says if everything that came into existence is created by Jesus, it means Jesus never came into existence. Therefore, he's eternal, and yeah. that means that he's God. Yeah. The way the way too that um, one of my best friends also put this it, like kind of the same. And anal- he gave the in the analogy of when you're like juicing fruit. Mm-hmm. He he was like, yeah, if you if you're juicing an orange. Orange, you want to like really fully juice it, get everything yeah. out before you move on to another orange, right? That's if right. you're trying, because you're trying to get the most juice. So he's like, juice the orange when it comes to yeah. a biblical topic. So that's something that you really need to take into account. Don't let them do that to you. Nope. Stay on topic. So yes. John 1 3 is your friend. So after you show them this, yes. you draw the boxes of things that came into being, right. things that never came into being, and you point out that Jesus has to go in the category of things that never came into being. You can right. also take them to another verse. Yes. So if it starts trickling down and like it's kind of dying off and they're not really sure what, how to answer this, that's when you take them to Isaiah 44, 24. Okay. And, and now this is the New World Translation. I'm not going to read it from NASB, but it's it's good in New World Translation. So I'm going to read that here. It says, this is what Jehovah says, your repurchaser who formed you since you were in the womb, I am Jehovah who made everything. I stretched out the heavens by myself and I spread out the earth. Who was with me? Interesting. How is it that Jehovah, the only one who created, yet John 1.3 says that Jesus was the creator? Yeah, that's right? a tough one. That is a tough one. Like It seems that the only way for this to work out is that Jesus is Jehovah. I think sense. that's the case. Yeah, yes. exactly. So so that's that's the point. So what happens is when you when you really boil it down with John 1 3, take them to 
Isaiah 44, 24, and then, and then point that out to them. Say, look, when you put these two passages together and look at this as like an idea. Yeah, it makes sense it in makes sense theology. It does not make sense in Jehovah's Witness no, theology. No, it does not. And that's showing them in their own translation of the Bible, yeah, which yeah. is fascinating. I love that. I'm Jehovah who made everything. I stretched out the heavens by myself. How do you argue that? Like what? So either, <laughs> either they would have to say God yeah. was lying. Yeah. Or that they they wrote down scripture incorrectly. Yeah, or their translations. Or wrong, their translations or, wrong, or like some. So so something's what wrong. Do, what they'll do That's though what is they'll revert to their theology. They'll say, "Well, the Watchtower mm-hmm. says that God created Jehovah, and then, or sorry, Jehovah created yeah. Jesus, and then Jesus created everything after that." But that isn't what Isaiah forty four says. It's not. So it's a good combo. John so, 1, 3, Isaiah 44. So what you, what you need to get them to realize, and then say, you can say this too uh, when it comes down to that after you've shared through these passages with them. Tell them, like, look, either the Bible is wrong or the watchtower is because yes. they're contradicting each other and they both can't be right. <laughs> yep. That's so right. so you, we need to determine as truth seekers which of these two is incorrect? Which one's false? What should we turn away from, right? Yeah. So uh, that's something, that's the key. And if you can do that, if you can get to that point with Jehovah's Witnesses, that is huge. It is, yep. John 1, 3 is a great argument to use when they come to show them that Jesus is not a created being. Yes. Jesus is not a created being. Now let's move on to argument number two. And this idea is that Jesus had to be God to succeed on the cross and to demonstrate his love for us. He yeah. had, Jesus had to be God, or Scripture doesn't make a lot of sense, uh, and we're going to get into that. I want to read to you this, uh, this quote from JW.org. The Jehovah's Witnesses say, quote, Unlike us, Jesus was perfect, so he did not need to die for his sins. He never committed any. Instead, Jesus died for the sins of others. God expressed extraordinary love for mankind by sending his son to die for us. Jesus also showed love for us by obeying his father and giving his life for our sins. So after they say this statement on JW.org, they say, go read John 3.16, which backs up this idea that God had expressed extraordinary love for us and Jesus also showed love for us. Mm. Okay, so we're going to look at John 3.16, and then we kind of want to talk about it in light of Jehovah's Witness theology. So here's what John 3.16 says. I hope you're familiar with it, but just so we we all are on the same page. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, let's add to this verse, Tyler, Jehovah's Witness theology. I call it JWFI it, okay? <laughs> JWFI. That's, J-W-F-I our, that's our term of the day for yep, you guys. It is. We're going <laughs> to JWFI this verse, specifically about the idea that Jesus is not God, mm-hmm. all right? And then we'll, we'll read it in light of that. If Jehovah's Witness theology is correct, this is how the verse should read or what it should mean. This is how you should interpret it. Yep. For God so loved the world that he gave someone else who wasn't God— that whoever believes in someone else who isn't God shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's how you should interpret it. Right? Because yeah. the son, he's not God. So God so loved the world, he gave someone else who wasn't God, that whoever believes in someone else who isn't God shall not perish, but have eternal life. 
all throughout Scripture, over and over and over and over again, we're told that God loves humanity yeah. and that God's ultimate sign for how much he loves us is the sacrifice of Jesus. And that's what John 3.16 is about. That's God right. loved yeah. the world so much, he sent somebody who wasn't him. Yeah, that's right. And so uh, le let's look at another verse. This, okay. this just kind of reinforces this idea. When you look at Romans 5.8, I'm going to read the verse as it is. It says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, mm. right? Now let's JWify this verse, okay. okay? But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, someone who wasn't God died for us. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't that's, follow. That's how you would have to interpret it, right? Um, uh, let's look at another verse here. John, uh, 1 John 4, 7 through 10. And I'm going to read it just as it is. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Hmm. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Okay. okay? That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And, and now let's JWify this verse. And I'm going to start with verse 9. Uh, by this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent someone else who isn't God <laughs> into the world so that we might live through him. And then verse, verse 10, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent someone else to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, that's not love. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. How is, how, how is sending Jesus, the person who is not God, a demonstration of big love? No, it's not, because he's, he's, what is God sacrificing by sending? Nothing. He's yeah. making somebody else come and do the work. So, like, right. I, I was thinking about this a lot, and when, when I was a kid, um, we were at the beach with my, uh, my aunt and my cousins, and one of my cousins, she wasn't very good at swimming, and she was out way further than she should have been, and she starts to struggle, and nobody's out there with her. And it's not good, and the waves are taking her down. My brother noticed this, and he runs into the water. He swims out to my cousin, and then he swims her into safety. And she's just like, oh, my gosh, you saved my life. Thank you so much. My aunt was, Ryan, you saved, you saved her life. I mean, yeah. was, he, he did. He saved her because he saw the danger, <laughs> and he went out there to save her. Now, um, let's think about this Jehovah's Witness theology in light of the story about my brother. So let's say... My cousin's drowning, and my dad sees it, and my dad tells my brother to go and save her. And then he does, and he goes, and he saves her, and he brings her in. And then my dad says, oh, my gosh, I loved you so much that I sent my son into harm's way to do all the work of saving you. That was a demonstration of how much I love you. We would all look at him like, you didn't do anything, yeah, man. Like, are you yeah. crazy? No, the one who put themselves in harm's way, the one who did the saving demonstrated that they loved. Mm. But how did he demonstrate that he loved? It doesn't make sense. Now, let's, right. let's even go further with the analogy. Let's say my brother drowns while saving my cousin. But he saves her and he gives yeah. up his life. He sacrifices his life in order to save her life. And then my dad says, that's how much I love you. 
that I sent him <laughs> to die in order to save you because that's just I I'm a good guy. <laughs> I love you so much. We would all we're all like, what are you talking about? Like yeah. that's a joke. Are you kidding me? So exactly. It, it just it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's it's crazy um, because the idea should be that if Jesus isn't God then none of these passages make a lot of sense. No, they don't. If he is God, they all make a lot of sense. Yeah. So, so this, this, this is interesting. In John 15, 13, Jesus tells his disciples, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Yeah. So and, and if that is, if I'm supposed to believe that, if that's a right. true statement, then Jehovah doesn't have that great of love because yeah, he didn't lay right. down his life for his friends. Yeah. And I hope that uh, for those of you who are like listening to this, that kind of like puts on this perspective for you of what it's like with Jehovah's Witness theology, because mm-hmm. that's that's really what's happening here is uh, there's no love really in what God is doing. Because uh, truth be told, he's not sacrificing anything. No. He's not. He's really not. And, and they can argue that. But the, the fact is, is like if, if the only way that Christianity really works in this way is that Jesus had to be God mm-hmm. and he also had to be one of us, be man. Yep. Yeah. And so in order for God to demonstrate his love through the death of Jesus, Jesus must be God. He must be. He must be. And now, it's if the Jesus, only way that it'll work. Yeah, exactly. And so if Jesus was not God, Jehovah uh, is a terrible being who says he loves us by making someone else do all the work to save us. Yeah, by making somebody yeah. else sacrifice their life, by making and somebody else come awful. and live here, by yeah, making he's, somebody else. He sent Michael the Archangel, I guess, to come and save us. Like how? Yeah, which, yeah. Demonst- which demonstrates that Michael loves us. Yeah. Which yeah. demonstrates that he's sacrificial, but I don't know how that demonstrates that Jehovah, that, that the Father loves us very much. No, it's like, okay, yeah, you created us, and then you created this being who you call your son to die for everyone else, yeah. but it's like... How's that a demonstration of your love? It's really not. It's, it's weak at best. Honestly, to me, with that, it's it's more of a complete hatred to his son or to Michael the Archangel. because he's abusive. Like, yeah, it's abusive. Yeah. And it's not a matter of like, hey, I'm doing this as... A, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that's the idea. And so it's just a very, very strange idea when you when you put on this perspective and see that the the love is kind of taken out of the saving aspect and the sacrifice mm-hmm. in Christianity. That's well, really what's happened. Yeah, and the the but but if Jesus is God, then it is a demonstration yes. of how much God loves us. Exactly. He, the Father did send the Son, and the Son did die for us sacrificially, and the Spirit does regenerate. So all three members of the Trinity are doing things yes. for us because they love us. So it makes it makes sense of Scripture. If Jesus is God, if he's not, it's just a very bizarre way to demonstrate your love. Like, how would that work with your wife? Honey, I want to demonstrate how much I love you by making my brother buy you flowers. Yeah. Would she buy that? Like, is that really? It's like, like, hey, I love you so much. (laughs) I, I paid my brother... Like yeah. uh, like twenty bucks or to no, come home and I didn't do pay the him. I didn't pay him. Oh, I didn't even pay I him. I love you yeah. so much. <laughs> I made my brother come and pay. It's just yeah, it's crazy. I yeah. made my brother buy you dinner. I made my brother like no. That's not a demonstration. No, of your it's love. not. It's a demonstration of your power. Maybe it's abuse, <laughs> but it's not love. No the, no. the other thing about all these passages we looked at: John three sixteen, Romans five eight, First um, John four. It is interesting to notice, Tyler. John three sixteen doesn't say. The father loved the world so much that he gave the son. 
It doesn't say that. No. It says God. Which means the Father, Son, Holy Father, Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Trinity loved us so yes. much that the Son was sent. Same thing in Romans yeah. 5, 8. But God, so Trinity, mm-hmm. the triune God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yes. It yes. doesn't say the Father. It says God demonstrates. God demonstrates. And the only way to make sense of that is if Jesus, who was the sacrifice, is also God who is showing a demonstration of his love. Yes, exactly. And so that's that's the second argument that we have for you guys. Uh, mm-hmm. You walk Jehovah's Witnesses through this and uh, lead them to that conclusion. Show them uh, through Scripture and through comparing uh, like that kind of theology mm-hmm. to other passages, and ho- hopefully it opens their eyes, and you can show them, like, hey, the only way for this to work is if Jesus is God. Yeah. Especially yeah. I want to I want to kind of hone in a little bit on that Romans 5:8 yeah, passage because yeah. cuz uh, it's l- important. Look yeah. at the argument that Paul's making here. God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. So, now think about this. Let's 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 put this into a different thing. If God and Christ aren't the same person, how does this work? It would be like saying uh, the CEO of Home Depot believed yeah. in the company so strongly that a cashier bought company stock. <laughs> Isn't that what it's saying? The CEO believed yeah. in the company so strongly and he demonstrated it in that a cashier bought company stock. That doesn't follow. Mm. How is that a demonstration of his belief in the company that someone else did something? Now, the only way it would work is if the CEO and the cashier were the same person. Yeah. yeah. Then it makes sense. The CEO, who that day was cashiering, believed in the company so much, he bought some more company stock. That's the only way it makes sense. The only way Mm -hmm. that God could demonstrate his love for us through the sacrifice of Christ is if Christ was God. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. And I think that's a good analogy. It's a good way for people to think this through. Um, And so, again, I just hope that this entire podcast episode was beneficial to you guys because Mm -hmm. we really want to hone in these arguments so that way you can be prepared and you can think through... Uh, these arguments when yep. Jehovah's Witnesses come knocking on your door. And, and maybe they aren't worth COVID, but I bet you can well, go true. to JW.org and sign up for a, oh, a Zoom can. call or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and at least find a way to show them, hey, you know what? Like this Jesus is counterfeit to the biblical Jesus. And that's yes. been the idea of this whole series. Yep. We want you guys to understand that there are counterfeit Jesus ideas that are out there. And we want you to understand how scripture is con- like what scripture says about the true Jesus, which we'll be covering more in the next week's podcast yep. episode. And then we're, we want you to be able to show them in love and grace how the r- true Jesus really is and like who he really is in comparison. Yeah, we to have to communicate idea. the actual Jesus to the world. Um, one other thing is if, if you want to di- dive into this topic a little bit more, yeah. you should go listen to our episodes, uh, episode number 83, 84, and 85. They were called Christians Know Your Stuff, uh, Trinity Part 1, Part 2, Part 3, because we really get into how Jesus is God and how to show that from multiple different yes. scriptures. So mm-hmm. Christians Know Your Stuff, episodes 83, 84, and 85 of the Christ Culture and Coffee podcast. But also we did two episodes a long time ago on Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes. 
there, episodes 27 and episode 29. So if you want to go and, and bone up a little bit more on uh, Jehovah's Witness theology and how to be prepared to talk with them, episode 83, 84, 85, and episode 27 and 29 will help you out a lot with that. But this is uh, this is fun, and, and we do need to be prepared to give a defense of why we have hope. And yes. one of the reasons we have hope is because God actually cared about us enough to die for us, not just send someone else to do the dirty work, but he cared enough about us to die for us so that we could have his righteousness, so that yes. we could be offered eternal life, so that reconciliation could happen. Because death is separation. It is, yeah. Life is reconciliation. Life is um, redemption, right? Life is putting things back together to flourish. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to stop the separation, the separation of body and soul, the separation mm-hmm. of relationships, the death of, of, of you know, marriages, the death of physically. Yeah. That he came to fix all types of death which is separation, and to give us life. And so that is where our hope is. But if he was just an angel who was sent on a mission to do this, it doesn't work. No. It's a, it's a faulty, counterfeit view of who he actually was. But this is fun. I like talking through these yes. counterfeit ideas yes, of Jesus. Yes, I, I love it so much. It, it's a really unique per- perspective to take when you, you, you compare it. I, th- I think the best way that we did this is by calling this series Counterfeit Jesus. It helps you to kind of put on that perspective of, wait a minute, there are counterfeit Jesuses out there, and we need yep. to decipher through them in order to reveal the truth, because there's a lot of lies out there today. Yep, and everybody wants a piece of Jesus. Everybody but, but does, then they, yeah. But then they shape him into their image and likeness. They shape him into who their doctrine teaches him to be yes. or, or how they want to perceive him, and they always make him less than he is. It's true, they do. That's what's sad is, is Jehovah's do. Witnesses demean Jesus to be a human being and just an angel. He, he wasn't God eternal. Uh, Mormons, mm-hmm. LDS, right? They do the yeah. same thing. He's not the eternal God. He's a created being uh, from Heavenly Father. Yeah. An atheist, yeah. the same thing. He's just a man. Yeah, they, exactly. They, they demean who he is, and we want to exalt Jesus and take him at his word for who he says he is. Yeah, again, again, we say this a lot on the podcast, but if the guy actually rose from the dead, we should take his own word for what he said, who he claimed to be. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so exactly. We need to be listening to what Jesus says about himself. So uh, again, thank you guys so much for joining us with this episode. Uh, we hope that this has been encouraging to you and that you've learned a lot about the yes. true Jesus and comparing it to counterfeit Jesus's. Uh, again, please go on to our social media accounts and follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. And now Patreon. And now go Patreon. Become a, please yes, become please. a supporter of our podcast. We would really appreciate it. That would be so great. Yes. And then if you get the highest tier, you get a brand new coffee mug. They are super cool. You definitely want to get one of those. You so do. yes, please, if you love our podcast and you want more people to learn about apologetics and understand the truth on a deeper, more meaningful level please support our podcast. Uh, It would help us a ton in just reaching more people for the Lord. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Hey guys, thanks so much for being with us today on Christ Culture and Coffee. We will have an episode coming out next week. We will. Even though it's Christmas Eve. Yes. There will be an episode coming out. So listen to it while you're stuffing stockings or Santa's stuffing stockings or whatever's going on with your stockings. Uh, Listen to the episode. Check it out. It'll be an encouragement to you on who Jesus actually is. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.